This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My talkers, it is Tuesday, the most productive day of the week. And why not bring in Lori and Julia to make these last few hours here a little more productive in the Hollywood neck of the woods, right? Well, do and no weather, Woody. The weather, Woody, be damned. Wasn't that nice? I mean, like, I love okay. it. No, <laughs> my gosh. No, I'm. I I am with a lot of people. We're sick of the gray. Yeah. And if we're gonna have winter, let's just have some damn snow. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to go up to Duluth, the Thunder Bay. They were getting 20 inches today. Are they really? <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. It's like splitting right around us, as yeah. you notice. It I goes, can't stand it. it. It stays rain as it comes towards us, and then snow completely all around. Uh, us. Yeah, all the way up. I'm. I didn't sign up for this in Minnesota. I like winter. And winter, tomorrow winter. we're looking at a high of 39. So. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. All right, here I just have to tell you guys one thing because hmm. yesterday you're telling me how I missed the zeitgeist of White Lotus. Yeah, yeah, you did. You okay, have. okay, you missed all okay. the fun. And okay, we've, you, your TV blocking <laughs> Grant and I from being able and to have fun with And you have this. not watched any of the rom coms I've suggested for months. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, I'm on episode four. Oh, this okay. Season? The second season was so much better. The first episode was so. Ooh. The second one is so much better, and that is a crazy show. I'm loving it. But, I mean, the first episode was so bad. Welcome to the program, Julia. <laughs> I will just tell For you. For others who didn't get on the board. I will tell you about my two White Lotus hookups that I know of, courtesy of Dumas. Oh. Portia and Albie hooked up while they were filming. And Daphne and the Uncle Bleeper kid hooked up while filming. Wow. I'm using the character's names. Oh, all right. Mm, Just FYI, if you want to know. Well, imagine filming in Italy, if that's where they filmed. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I Googled the Delmonica, that hotel. It's a Four Seasons. How much a night? Well, it's been closed for renovations, but um, it's like $1,700 a night. That pool? $1,700 a night. It used to be a monastery. Oh, because the pool situation in itself scared me. If you drank too much, you'd fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay. And the beach club, actually, a beach club that's by that hotel was used as the standard. Got that's it. not the beach club Got that goes it. with the hotel. Uh, happy 97th birthday to Dick Van Dyke. All right, Dick is 97. A highlight of our... Entertainment career was meeting him when he got the Screen Actor Guild Award. He really, that, Lifetime, he wow. was so, he was awesome. so, and his wife, he was so lovely. lovely. And that was like 10 years ago when yeah. he was like in late 80s. So wow. he's 97. We will be giving away Miss Janet Jackson. Tickets. Jackson, if you're nasty, you uh, tickets. It. We're going to be giving them away sometime today, but the tickets go on sale Saturday. Friday. Or, excuse me, Friday at the Excel, and it's for Tuesday, May 30th, but we'll be giving 
a pair of tickets away before you have a chance to buy them. Exactly. you got to finish the lyric. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, if you are a faithful watcher of Jason's TV show, which we hope you are, uh, Stephanie and I and your friend, my friend, uh, Lisa mm-hmm. Timmick, yes. did a segment on... You know, the etiquette, the fun, the do's and don'ts of a cookie exchange. And we were at Stephanie's house. <laughs> um, we we filmed it. Yeah. And uh, Lisa and I were the only two who didn't bail on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a Monday. I I was definitely ill. Y- yes. I had a good excuse. You I didn't did. want to cough through the segment. Right. <laughs> and so that's going to be on uh, Jason's show tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. You came back here kind of beaming and said, I won't be surprised if they ask us to be on all the time. I know. Lisa and I were very pleased with our, you know, chit-chat. Who the hell know what knows what happens in the editing process? But you I know? can't wait to see it. And yeah. I'm curious about your etiquette. Well, we talked about, you know, our bars, cookies. Yes. You know, we went over questions. that. Um, we talked about um, that. The I think maybe the games doing the white elephant mm-hmm. gift exchange yeah. and how we have a very competitive friend who always wants to win like every present and yeah. she should go even though with everything. they've all been recycled from the year before the year before the year before basically mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. basically I have a funny one this year do you yeah I have a funny one too and it might be from like two years ago yeah. or from whatever yeah. well, we didn't have a cookie exchange in 2020 and I missed 2021 because this of a the snowstorm. snowstorm. Mm-hmm. I was um, slightly traumatized from driving home from Marie Osmond. You were. (laughs) On a Saturday night, I went down to the Christmas show, and it had snowed and snowed and snowed. And I'm on 35, and I see cars doing 360s behind me. I mean, it was like a white-knuckle drive at midnight. And so I was just like, I'm not doing that again. Nothing but nerves. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It It wasn't fun. So I was just like, oh, I'm 10 minutes from home where I can go slogging through, you know, Minneapolis and then try and find a parking spot. And the next day, I remember I did not get plowed out till four in the afternoon. That's right. I couldn't get out of my garage because it was like two and a half, three, three, and the wind was blowing. I remember I couldn't leave my house. Yeah. I do think we are getting some snow for you maybe like on Friday. I hope so. Kind of sounds like. We're I mean, really, you know, people, and then it'll be it's real be cold enough. For it'll it. be so cold you won't be able to go out and enjoy yeah, it. See, this is the deal yeah, here. Yeah, because get this: after Friday, twenty nine for high. Saturday, twenty one. Then we get to Tuesday, high of six, low of negative three. So yeah, see, now that's after, January weather. Yeah, Friday we're getting into the cold, 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 cold weather. Cold, cold. I know. Oh, wow. I told. I said to my dad, I said, "How come every time you come back from a trip, Duluth gets dumped on?" <laughs> And he goes, well, at least I don't have to, I don't, I don't have a place to snow blow anymore now that he's in an that apartment. That is the That's truth. True. That you know, is the truth. A blessing. Yeah. So, no, anyway. that is something to think about. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Our friend Charlie Rounds, I got a text from him. He's uh, in Washington, D.C. He's at the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. Heck yeah. Waiting for President Biden to come. Yeah, we were just talking about him. I'm like, where's Charlie? And you're like, I get it. He's at the White House. He's at the White House. I mean, about places. Yeah, and uh, he was really sweet. He's like, um, he said, and thank you and Julia for your relentless support of the gay community. And you're like, you're welcome, Chad. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. That's so awesome that he got to go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I know. That's really cool. All right. Again, we've got be listening for when we're going to give away our Miss uh, Jackson tickets. We do have a Low J book club today at 3.30. And when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. We'll hold 
edge closer, Elton and Brittany, and someone else were holding close. I was like very intrigued when I saw that Andy Cohen was having on Watch What Happens Live. Um, Larsa Pippen and Lisa Hochstein from The Real Housewives of Miami, which came back the second season since it's been on Peacock, um, because that show was had been off the air for like five or six years. Yes. And Larsa Pippen, Scotty Pippen's ex, former BFF with the Kim Kardashian and the rest of the uh, clan of Kardashians, she wasn't on that first um, first couple seasons. Right. That's when we met Elsa. Yes. The mom. I remember of, her. Uh, the one lady. So, and Lisa Hochstein, um, who's been in this, got in a very dramatic, her husband who calls himself the self-proclaimed boob god of Miami, he dumped her and Brittany and I would talk about this. It never felt like any time he never liked his wife. And it was so obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they just had, it wasn't as bad as like, um, Oh, who was the one in Beverly Hills? Taylor. It wasn't oh, like that. No, that was abusive. But he just right. seemed like he just didn't like her. And so it was no surprise, but I was like, Oh, this could be kind of good because I had, uh, saw that from the first, I haven't watched the first three episodes that dropped last Thursday night, but I, I know that there's been some good headlines. I've watched coming like one and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And you watched the first season when it came back earlier yeah. in the spring, right? Yeah. It's just kind of fun to see the way these gals roll in and Miami. It, 100%. And Larsa Pippen is about the most unlikable person i've seen on reality tv in yeah. a long time yeah she's a whew, as we said yesterday interesting yeah she even <laughs> said to andy with the straight face i've never been involved with a married man and i thought she broke up that timberwolf guy she mm-hmm. did break up with that malik yeah, whatever that his young name was. kid mm-hmm. yes yeah. she totally did. she was totally dating yeah. him and his wife found out about it when she saw the photos of them yep. holding hands at an airport yep uh, on tmz mm-hmm Malik Beasley. So, um, and then look at you remembering that an was, athlete's that name. That was honestly, I was going to let I, her. Good job. It was. I'm it, impressed. Nice well, it was like about two years ago, around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And like she, the Malik's wife was like devastated and heartbroken. And their kid was like a year and yeah, a half. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, she thought that they had a happy life, but of course uh, they did not when she saw him. Wonder. So here's a shady. Good old Shady Andy Cohen Cohen asking Larsa Pippen what her ex-husband, basketball great Scotty Pippen, thinks about her friendship with Marcus Jordan, the son of Michael Jordan, Scotty's teammate at the Chicago Bulls. Here we go. Your friend Marcus Jordan is in the audience tonight. Great to see you, Marcus. I mean... Larcus, Larsa, your 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 friendship has generated so many questions. I, what does Scotty think about your friendship? Um, I don't know. You don't know? He's never mentioned it to you, and you've no. never mentioned it to him. No. The kids have never said this is bugging Daddy. No. 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 Wow. <laughs> um, and do you you recognize why people are like, oh my God, this is wild? I mean, I guess, yeah, but. I think a lot of people think that our families were really close and intertwined, and they really weren't. Right. Like, I never really knew Marcus, as, you know, his mom or them. I just recently met them, like, a couple years ago. Right. What? what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but we're friends, so it's like... Okay, I mean, with benefits. 
We're friends. I don't. Mean. Okay. Oh. All right. It's a situationship. It is. Sure. Okay, and he, is, he looks so uncomfortable, this Marcus. I can't believe he went with her. Well, Larsa doesn't want to admit that she knew Marcus when he was a kid. Well, that's that what I was just, creepy. It feels like, well, when, did, yeah. it feels creepy to you think know? that you're now dating, but she never admits that she's dating anybody. And I was so struck at how much she's physically changed her face, yeah. her body. She, um, you know, Kim Kardashian dumped her for, I don't know if it was her friendship with Kanye West and... Well, according to Larsa... Or Tristan Thompson. Thompson. I wouldn't believe anything that Larsa tells us, but... She said Kanye made... Kanye made Kim quit her. She's blaming it on Kanye. Well, I mean, you know, maybe, but Larsa herself had said that Kanye... Was constantly calling her at all hours. Of I remember the day that. And night yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk to her. And yeah, so yeah, Kanye probably came in the middle of their friendship, but I'm just looking at her and I'm just thinking, you are really able to just, she just, it's almost like I'm thinking, is she medicated on something that she can be so blase? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely Xanax involved there to just not give an F like that and just complete, completely oblivious to the elephant in the room yeah okay yeah. and then and then lisa hoxstein who I, I i was like okay another we, housewife on miami yeah I mean, but she doesn't look anything like she looks when she was filming the show laurie i'm telling you year two everyone, no 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 yeah but oh. lisa has lisa's been very surgically enhanced she's even more surgically enhanced she's done something to her face and now she very much is just i mean she was gorgeous she had a I don't know. Now she looks has a generic look to her face, Lisa. Okay, this I just have to read you yeah. an email we got from Sonia. She says, "I'm a huge Jordan fan. Pippin hates Jordan. I think he's bitter. I'm sure he hates." Oh yeah. Them dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When mm-hmm. she just says, oh, we're friends, which is what she said about Malik and it's what she says about anybody Anyone. that she's involved sure. with and, and can hold a straight face. And I think I do kind of remember that from the Jordan documentary Documentary. yeah there was a little bit of right it was it was brought up but Mm -hmm. it was avoided like it was true when scotty pep scotty pippen was kind of asked about it he kind of like hinted at yeah but he didn't want to straight throw him under the bus yeah and then larsa later went on to say you know um he was having them plays is this a buzz kill romantic buzz kill um and uh hers was that they make under 600 under six figures a year and she goes, I've got enough money for both of us. And I thought, I, I, yeah, I, what? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then and then 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 Lisa goes, Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, okay, all right, so let's play Lisa, where I do feel bad because Lenny, her husband, he was caught on a hot mic moment. I don't know if you saw that yet, and it might be in the third episode. Mm-mm. He's on a hot mic, basically. Just trashing her? Basically. Oh, how and they, they've got the two kids together. Yeah. So here's Lisa uh, talking about that. Which, the, oh, got it, got it, got it. Yep. What was your reaction to seeing it on the show? I know you saw it for the first time a week before the episode's posted. Like almost less than a week. What was your reaction when you saw it? We were all kind of waiting for you to see that. You guys are waiting for me to see Well, I mean, it was a lot. lot. Um, Devastated, shocked, um, almost confirmed some suspicions I've had, you know. Suspicions that this was something that he was thinking for a long time. No, I always thought something might have been going on, but... Has Lenny seen the, the hot mic moment? I don't know. You don't know. We don't. We don't really talk. You don't talk. How do you communicate? Or barely, just about you know the kids and that's it. And our money and, and our money, divorce. And he just filed a. Yep. Um, he accused her. She's supposed to only spend five thousand dollars a month on her American Express card. He accused her of buying. <laughs> Nine thousand dollars worth of designer clothes. I in a saw month. a video of that. Was there? And he's like on the couch, sitting on the yes. couch, telling her to return the bags. Yes, I saw a she video bought of that. Uh, two purses yes. and she bought some fine ladies' clothing. And so he's uh, he's not too happy with her. No. But of course, you know they're not divorced yet, and it's just all rather messy because he has like a twenty-seven-year-old. Um, Insta girlfriend oh God. that he met, you know, I don't know who slid into whose DMs, but they're <laughs> sliding into each other's oh. DMs on the regular now. And she has young kids, right? Yeah, her those kids are like four and six. Right. You know, something it's, like that. I, you know, I like this group. The I Miami, think it's, I think it's, it's fun. fun to go to Miami. They're still fun. Yes. And I don't know them enough to get upset that they're fighting. Yeah. It's really know. my stage. And Lisa and Larsa are friends. And I love Julia Leg- Legme. Oh, Julia Martina T- Navratilova's wife. wife. Yeah, I do yeah, like Larsa's her. Larsa's being dirty with a Julia. She's jealous of her, I think. I don't know why. She's funny. Yeah. That's why. All, All right. right. Well, listen, we have a really wonderful book and author coming up next. The name of the book, The Matchmaker's Gift. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, if welcome to the Low J Book Club. Remember, if you go to the Book Club restaurant, mention that uh, you listen to the Lori and Julia Book Club, and you will get a free appetizer, a free dessert when you go there. With your meal. That's right, with your mm-hmm. meal. Thank yes. you, Julia. Yes. And right now, we are delighted Linda cohen Loigman is with us, and she's written her latest book, which is so wonderful. It came out earlier this summer, The Matchmaker's Gift. Thank you, Linda, for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We're yeah. trying to decide if we met you or interviewed you, but it was it would have been in 2020 for the Wartime Sisters. Do you remember? I, me? I feel 
feel like we did. We did. Like, I don't know. Your voices sound familiar. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at the cover so. and I'm like, we read, we know we've this talked lady. to you. We know Linda. And I yeah, think it's I just. I feel like we did. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like we did. Yeah. And it was just like 2020. That was like all just such. I mean, I know authors were, you weren't going on your book tour. I mean, it was just such a fakakta year. I know. Who knows? Who remembers anything? That's like, right. right. <laughs> well, you're late. We've all blocked it out. Right. <laughs> but you are a wonderful writer and um you this book the matchmaker's gift made it on one of the best historical fiction books of 2022 and we would totally agree and if you would give our listeners a setup of your story the matchmaker's gift sure um so the matchmaker's gift is a dual timeline story this is actually my first dual timeline story that i've written um and it follows sarah who is um a young girl in 1910 and she comes to New York. She's an immigrant. She lands on the Lower East Side and she very quickly discovers that she has a gift for seeing other people's soulmates. Um, and then it also follows her granddaughter, Abby, whose timeline takes place in 1994. And Abby has very inconveniently inherited this gift. Mm-hmm. Um, it is inconvenient for Abby because she happens to be a divorce attorney. So that's the problem for her. And this gift is more like a curse um, because it really gets in the way of the whole professional life that she's been trying to build. And uh, also the professional life of, you know, in the Jewish tradition. I can't remember how you pronounce what the either. matchmaker's name yeah, are, it's, is. Yeah, a shadchan in Yiddish. Yeah, I I didn't know that word at all when I first when I started to write this book. You know, I I the whole way that that this book came about being written, I had never intended to write it. And I it was just a a crazy way that it happened. And when I first saw the Yiddish word for matchmaker, it was in this New York Times article from 1909 um, about a wedding that was on the Lower East Side, and it was the wedding of the pickle millionaire's daughter. And he, of oh. course, became the inspiration for this pickle king in my book. So it was really fun. But I, who knew that the New York Times was, like, having Yiddish words in their articles in 1910? I love it. it is, is that how you came on the idea to do the story, or how did you come up with the matchmaker's uh, gift so, as a yeah, story? Yeah, no, so my daughter got sent home be, um, from college because of COVID, mm-hmm. and she wanted to bring her roommate home because, you know, they were, like, getting kicked out in the middle of their junior year. Right. So we said, sure, like, you know, they could, like, sort of extend their college time and we had a guest room, whatever. So she came and stayed with us, and we were binge-watching. You know, did you guys watch Indian yes. matchmaking yes. on Netflix? Yes, I so loved good, it. Right? Loved it. <laughs> so, so good. So we watched that show, and then she told me, she just, like, turned to me and said, my grandmother was an, um, an Orthodox matchmaker in Brooklyn. And there was an article in the New York Times also about her grandmother with this picture oh. of her grandmother on it. And it just made me start thinking about writing a matchmaking story. So it's not about her or her grandmother. Or right. Anything, but it's just, it's that was what gave me the idea. Yeah, and it's so, you know, I, I know, I, I don't know how much research, you know, that right. you did for the book, but it is... I think Julie and I have been to the Tenement Museum and the Lower East Side of, you know, Manhattan and, you know, Ellis Island. And it's so interesting to think about. Yeah, you could see how matchmaking from the old country, as people would call it, would be a fit as you immigrated to the United States Mm -hmm. for, you know, finding families that matched up and all of that. values. Yeah, you could see Yeah, it was a huge business. Yeah, it was a very big business back then. And I actually, like, did a a lot of research because I had to figure out what time period I was going to write about mm-hmm. all of that. And I picked like I had the story started in 1910 because 
I found the statistic that in 1910 in New York City, there were over 5,000 professional Jewish matchmakers. And most of them, the bulk of them were men. So that, like, when I found that out, first of all, I was blown away. And then second of all, it just gave me this really great conflict for my story because Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to write about a young woman. So she is up against all these men who are really resentful of her for, you know, being able to do their job better than they can do it because she has this gift that they don't have. Right. And, and, you know, I think, Linda, I'm just thinking of, like, in our generation, the thing that I thought of matchmaking was always Dolly from Hello, Dolly. Right. So you yep. kind of that yeah. image comes to mind, but but that yeah. Indian matchmaking was just brilliant. But it's the same thing, you know. Look at that's your cultures. another culture that uses yes. yep. the matchmakers. Yeah. What's what? Yeah. How do our values line up? And then women going up against all the men. Well, Sarah is yeah. wonderful. Yes. I just loved Sarah. She reminded me of different people's. Maybe I don't know. She just seemed like a great woman. I just really fell in love with her. Oh, I'm glad that makes me happy. Yeah, she's. She, she, there are a couple things about her that are a lot like my grandmother. Cause my grandmother, Sarah has this tagline in the book that, that readers will remember. She always says like, I see what I see and I know what I know, yes. um, which is just like such a grandma kind of thing yeah. to say, you know, <laughs> like they always have their thing. And my grandmother didn't have that thing, but she had her sayings, you know, that she, yeah. that would come out of her mouth over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I like, I like having a grandma that sort of repeats herself that way. Yeah. And, and- and- it just, I don't know. And the dual timeline story really uh, was fun also because then having her granddaughter explore what it all means, you know, in the modern world and having her grandmother live to this long life. I don't know. It was just, we just loved it, Linda. No, thank you. Yeah, it was fun. When I, I was, I think I was, you know, like I, you get where you, like we all get our best ideas, like on our walks with our dogs or in the shower or whatever, I, I came up with the idea of the granddaughter becoming a, being a divorce lawyer, like in the shower. I remember, like, I vividly remember getting out of the shower and saying, like, she's going to be a divorce lawyer. <laughs> well, and you were, you know, you're a very successful lawyer in your own right. I mean, you went to Harvard and then you went to Columbia Law School. And, you know, in reading some of your notes about the story behind the matchmaker's gift, if you're just joining us, we have Linda Cohen um, Logman with us. Um, that your mom wanted to go to law school, but her parents wouldn't let her. Yeah, she wanted. She never went to college. Oh, that was college, like the greatest, you know, disappointment of my mom's life. Yeah, that she didn't go to college, and I I deal with that a lot. Like actually, in my first book, in the two family house, because that was sort of that story is kind of based on my mother's childhood home, and like there's a character in that story. You know, back then, like a lot of parents didn't care if their daughters went to college, right. like, you know, in the fifties, like that wasn't really, nobody put a big priority on that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Linda, I have to say I'm an avid obituary reader. And one of the things that I notice is in a lot of women who might be, you know, in their eighties or nineties in their obituary, it will say, you know, she, Evelyn was the first woman in her family to graduate from college right. or whatever. Right. It's a part yeah. of people's stories that you will see in, in a, you know, in somebody's life as they remember their parents. And I always think, yeah, that is really something because we have to think about it time and place. Yeah, no, it's true. My next story actually um, that I'm writing now is inspired by my husband's great grandmother, and she went to pharmacy school. In she graduated from pharmacy school in 1921, and women <gasps> didn't do that either. You know okay. that was like unbelievable. That just that gave me goosebumps. That. Yeah. Oh, how fascinating! How so, much fun to be a writer. Oh, I know. Do you Linda. like this more than practicing law? <laughs> right. <laughs> 
It is fun. You kind of like, it is a lot of fun. You you can, you get inspiration from all different kinds of places. Yeah. So that's, that's the good thing about it. Linda, we have to ask you because we really do love our historical fiction and we've had, you know, Kate Quinn and Fiona, Fiona Davis. I love Kate. And, love Kate. I, I mean, do, 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 does the world of historical fiction writers, do y'all know each other? I mean, a lot of us know each other. Yeah. Not all of us. Okay. But Kate's. I know Kate, and I've been lucky enough to meet Kate a couple times, and she's so lovely. She's she's brilliant. She Kate could oh. be like a like a history professor. You know what I that? mean? Like yeah. there are, I think, like to me, there are like the the historical fiction writers who are who really are historians mm-hmm. um, as well as writers. And I don't think of myself. I I think I'm I'm like history light. Like yeah. I love my history, but like I don't want to tackle. I did write the wartime sisters, which was set during wartime, but it was a home front story. But I don't want to tackle World War Two with all the battles and yes. all that. Like that, I feel like I'm too nervous to tackle the, the, those some of those topics because and, the, the research is so intense. Well, in the like, diamond eye, her last the one, pickle king. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. And and you know, there's a place for every all kinds of books. But I mean, Kate Quinn yeah. does go hardcore. I mean, that diamond eye, the last book. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, but like, the research, the, 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 I guess the charm, what we like in your writing is that you are very, very, um, lovely, uh, writer and how you set up your, set up the stories and stuff. They're just, they're oh, very good wisdom. I look for the whimsy in history. Like I yes. like those funny little stories. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Like mm-hmm. I like, like the Kanish war of 1916. Like yeah. that's my favorite kind of thing. <laughs> Like, that was a real thing that happened. And when I find out about those things, I get so excited. And I like those little things that, like, nobody has heard of before. But if you give me, like like research this battle in France, France, I, I, I close up because I get nervous that I'm going to get it wrong. Right. Like oh, right. I don't and ever want to get something wrong. Cause it's true history and people know the truth. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, and I, I like it, you know, to, um, you know, in this book, the matchmakers gift, you know, the Jewish immigrant culture and how people were, um, you know, transitioning coming from a country and, you know, who would ever believe that in 2022 we'd have anti-Semitic rhetoric at this just terrifying I know uh, loudness yeah and so like reading this book it just I guess it made me feel like everything is going to be okay that people are good that there's more good than that's so nice that's a lovely way of looking at it um I I hope so I mean it is a really scary time I, I think that there have been but this is not the first scary time. No, so I think isn't. there's some comfort in that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there this these things have flared yes. throughout history and anti Semitism has always been around. And I think for for an author like me, I try I I wanna write those stories that are Jewish stories but that also appeal to everybody because yes. to show, you know, we're all so much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes me happiest is when people of different faiths and different communities write to me and tell me they read my stories and it reminds them of, you know, people they knew or their relatives, yeah. even though they didn't have the same background. Right. Well, the um, book, your book is amazing, mm-hmm. Linda. It's the matchmaker's gift. We've got two copies to give away. But before we do that and say goodbye to you, um, what is the last great book you read, Linda? We have to ask. Oh, goodness. Um, I have to say it was 
this book called When Women Were Dragons. Um, and the author's, um, the, her last name is Barnhill. And it's just such an amazing book. It's, it's speculative fiction, but it uh-huh. reads like it's history. And it's just, it's not, it's not about dragons. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's like a Game of Thrones thing, but it's not. It's a really fantastic book. Oh, so I sounds, highly recommend that. It sounds different. It sounds good. Well, we are so delighted to have you on again. And we can't wait to hear about your husband's great grandmother, the pharmacist. Will your that next be book. next no. summer? Um, it'll next probably fall. be the next one. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think it'll be, I'm not like a book a year. It'll okay, be the good. next year, but All right, it's good. due I'm in glad. March. So we'll see. I'm All trying right. to finish it. I'm trying well, to go faster. <laughs> Linda, we loved your book, The Matchmaker's Gift. Thank you. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Thank you for being oh, thank with you us. Okay. Thank so, you so, so much. fun to talk to you. You too. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. She's delightful. And yeah. That book is so charming and delightful. Mm. And we love the cover. <laughs> that is a beautiful cover. We love the cover. I know it. Oh, gosh. Okay, uh, just a couple of little TV notes for you, Julia. You, Yellowstone, um, you know where people are all of a sudden realizing they have Yellowstone? If they have CMT. CMT. Yep. Yeah, Those, that's, that's the way you can do it. Yeah. Their yeah. ratings went from 800,000 the week before to 1.8 million. It's like a whole bunch of people just realize I get Yellowstone on CMT. Mm-hmm. But think of that, Lori. Okay, so. And they want to have these secondary streaming services. They're okay yes, with it. Yes. Are, that was due to a, what they, they're okay with it, but it was also kind of a, a deal they put in place before they realized the popularity yeah, to allow yeah. it to go to NBC because NBC is separate from Paramount. CMT is under that umbrella of the five major conglomerates yes. of Paramount. That's it's, why it works. Uh, Paramount is the most confusing. Yes. It, 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 yes. MTV, VH1, CMT, CBS. Yeah, yeah. You know, it comes on, it's an MTV production, you know, I mean, yeah. but on, on Paramount Network, it went um, almost to eight million, from wow. seven point six million to eight million. So it went up four hundred thousand in a week, and then you know basically doubled on CMT. So that's music to the ears of Viacom. Those are huge 100%. numbers. If we were talking about like, you know, Showtime, I think the Tammy and George show had maybe two million. I mean, these are huge numbers. Yeah, they're and doing well. What was the Lotus ratings? Uh, Grant the other night. Oh, I'll have Did to, they? I think they were around eight. Uh, I can't remember. I'll look. They're real not quick. this high. Nothing is as high as Yellowstone. Nothing. No. No. Yeah. Um, and then SNL jumped over a million viewers uh, in from the week before from just Steve Martin and Martin Shorts and Brandy Carlisle. Wow, well, it was that good? It was it was that good, but it was that to good to be up a million people, which seems like such a low number when you think of network, but yeah, but. Well, it jumped to 5.1 yep. million. So it jumped, it usually gets 4 million. Yeah. So it jumped to 5.1 million this past week. That Yellowstone. No, this is SNL. Right. Oh, SNL. You've yes, talked yes, about sorry. two different numbers. Yep. So yeah, it no, went from 400,000. went from 4 million to 5 million wow. in one week. 
Oh. A million more people tuned in, and, and this will be the one they nominate for Emmys. Oh, of course. Now, we still have Austin Butler Next coming week. up this week, yeah, you know, this but week. it won't be, you know, it's Marty Short uh, and Steve Martin. Martin. I mean, but yeah, it went up a million people in a week for that episode. So I'm sure that uh, Lauren Michaels is very happy about that. Absolutely. The final uh, season, the season finale of season two, White Lotus, had 4.1 million viewers, which was up 46% from the series finale of season one. Yeah. So so it went up 2 million, almost 2 million viewers mm -hmm. from season one's finale to season two of White Lotus's finale. But then you think double that, and that's Yellowstone. Yellowstone is on Wow. Well, in Yellowstone, yeah. you add it, it's basically 10 million 10 if you million. count in All the CMT, the, and then yeah. it'll be streaming or whatever. And then Harry and Meghan um, is the, the, and Wednesday, these are the numbers that Netflix, oh, these are the me. shows that okay. ha- Netflix is happy about. Harry and Meghan was Netflix's number one series in the UK, even though the press slammed them sure. like 15 times a day. It was number one. The Brits were watching, and it was a top ten show in eighty five countries. And um, in in um, what did they said? The twenty eight million member accounts worldwide watched it. So this is putting it right behind, um, you know, some of their their. It was their highest documentary, but yeah. it's putting them in the running for big big numbers. No, but to give you an example, so if it's uh, um, like Wednesday now is in second place among all English language Netflix series right after Stranger Things and Kid uh, Squid Games. Oh, wow. That Wednesday, I wish I had I could watch it again. You could watch it I again. I could watch it again. It was, so it, it was so It was so good. And everybody, the TikToking is just going crazy over her dance. I know it. You know, tonight um, they're doing a special. The Avatar premiere was last night in L.A., and we posted I, the red carpet yep. and people are just like, yep, it is that good. Mm-hmm. It is that good. And James Cameron knows how to do a sequel. He did, you know, Aliens, Terminator 2. He knows how to build on a story, even though it's been 13 years. And tonight, though, they're going to do if you if you like Avatar and just kind of oh, want to yeah. get into it on 2020, they're doing an Avatar special. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a deep dive at nine o'clock on ABC. I, I love these fashions from the red. Oh, carpet. I know. Zoe Saldander. Zoe Saldana. I love her dress. That was very pretty. Sigourney Weaver looks, looks beautiful. Great. She's wearing a white blouse and like a brocade. She looks great. Long, you know, I like that look. I always think of Sharon Stone showing up at the Oscars. In her gap shirt. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. the, with the ball gown. Yeah. But Heidi Klum looks like she's wearing a beautiful cloud dress. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful dress. And yeah. how it fits her, I'm trying like how did you get that on right because it kind of looks like it's wrapped like material get the memo come dressed as clouds and water they look beautiful <laughs> there was a lot of like uh, and yeah people are um mm-hmm. couple headlines i read about avatar the ingenious sequel we've been waiting mm-hmm. for wow. whoever thought a 10 foot tall blue alien would be such a sight for sore eyes uh-huh. because um you know, after the first Avatar hit in 2009, it hit, and then it was just gone. Gone. And then... We just forgot about it. I watched, because uh, ABC had on Sunday... Yes. That, that, that they, yes. And so I caught it randomly, and yeah. I started watching it. Was it so great? I actually found myself liking it, and I, I never liked it the first time I saw it, but yeah. then I watched it again, and I found myself getting caught up in the hype, and you're right, these blue... 
Avatar people, there was some, I, I felt a connection, connection to that. Connection, and here's one thing from a review, one thing that they said about James Cameron mm-hmm. is that he's a phenomenal, he's done phenomenal sequel. Think of Terminator 2, yeah. Judgment mm-hmm. Day. One of the best sequels of all time. 1986 Alien, he mm-hmm. whip, Ripley waking up 57 years later, so he is very good at doing, having the time space. Yes. Tough, and yeah. It's a formula, but he's damn near perfected it. And, you know, the first day the crew and everybody showed up, like the big people who had, you know, he gave them like a 700 page document that that said, you need to read this so you know how we're going to work on this production. Wow. And and this Kate Winslet held her breath for so long. I mean, remember we saw these headlines two years ago about holding their breath and holding it longer than this and that. I'm... I'm excited, and they just and say... you've got your tickets. I've got my tickets. Yeah. I've got my is tickets. Is it next week? It comes out this Friday, I think. Oh, is it No, a week Friday? from Friday. A week from Friday. A week from okay. Friday, and then we're going the following Monday. Because it feels like it's going to be a huge Christmas movie. It's December like, 16th. Friday, December yeah, 16th. It's yeah. going to be like the family's going to go. Everybody's going. If gone. you can and put diapers on. Yeah, right. And he doesn't care, James. Just go to the bathroom. Who cares? I always have. I've I never always understood have. anyone who said, thinks they can't go to the bathroom. I know. Oh, always. Sometimes you got to leave when it's scary. Well, they have that app, too, where they, they after a movie's been out for a while, people upload the times. Oh, they do, oh, they do when it's boring? When it's, when yeah, when's the most opportune time to go to the bathroom so you won't miss anything crucial to the plot. There's a there's an app, like a P app for movies that they have. It's true. Oh, my gosh, fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. People will think and invent anything. Yeah, it's we're, the we're parking testimony. genie. It's like your parking genie, kind of. Yeah. Don't, there's an app that you use for that too, right? Or is that just your, no, your brain? No, Lori just literally has a parking <laughs> genie in her butt. Yeah, I, I mean, just oh, have I a thought there was an genie. app you were oh, using no, this no, whole no, time. Oh no, she it belongs to me. It's like <laughs> my lang- it's my secret language. I also have a certain slot machines at the Bellagio. Oh. <laughs> There we she go. does. Yeah. Oh, there it's we go. Really, no, it's pathetic, but it I try pathetic. and like, it, you know, I can't make it go away. I'm like a matchmaker that way. Oh, you in parking spots. Uh, I, I see it. what I see and I find what I find. <laughs> I love it.